Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. You remember when we were kids, we'd gather around our teacher, lean in and listen to stories that at the time we thought were just tales of adventure, but really they were designed to teach us skills to navigate life, family, work and so much more. Jesus also told stories called parables, where he taught how to live a kingdom life right here on earth. Stories on trees, seeds and fruit, money, family, honesty. And whilst we may not be kids anymore, we're not too old for story time. Not getting old, we're going to watch it every week forever. Amen. Amen. Uh, there, was, there was a whole lot of lots going on. Um, yeah, don't judge too harshly. Daniel was learning. Uh, we don't want to drag anyone down or speak anything, but, um, you know. And Jo, jo did arrive. She arrived late to the party, she obviously, but she knew the answer. When she knew it, she knew it. You watched that video. Her hand went up and then super high. I'd love to have seen her in class. She'd have been an absolute gem. You ready for story time? All right, we've been looking at some of the parables Jesus taught, some of the stories he told. You can read right over them in the Bible. You just read them. They sound fluffy. They're nice, and you just keep going. But the trouble with just doing that is you miss the importance of it because he wasn't just saying it so that you could get it. It required something if you wanted to understand it. You had to seek it out. You had to dig deep. You had to kind of ask different questions. And a lot of the time when it comes to the Bible, we just go, okay. Instead of understanding, and uh, we taught a couple of weeks ago that if you don't understand the word, immediately you give the enemy access to steal it. And I don't want the enemy to steal from you. I want you to be blessed. Uh, but it does take something from you as well. And so we looked at the fact that these were physical examples, practical things he was sharing, but they had spiritual significance. And if you're going to live a spiritual life, you have to understand that uh, our weapons are, are, are not carnal, right? We, we need to go to God and understand how God thinks if we're going to face the world that we're in. And we need to function as spiritual beings here on earth, not just carnal beings. You can't just be like the dude at work or the girl you know. You have to stand out. You have to be set apart. You're going to have to understand God's plan if you're going to navigate this thing that we call life. And so we decided that there were keys to success. There was something in here that he was trying to show us, something we needed to catch, something we needed to understand. And if we understand it, our life could be totally different. The world around us could be different. Um, I, I've said it week in and week out, I am looking for some really nice ones, that nice fluffy ones where you just feel loved and encouraged, but it turns out Jesus didn't share any of those, right? Everything came with a free hiding when Jesus shares it, and so uh, it's brutal, but if you want to know what's going on, you're going to need to look very, very closely. I can't share everything out of every, out of every parable. There is just that much in it, but I want to encourage you, please. Go home and read them again. Don't ever read the Bible and just see how fast you can get through it. It's not a race. If it was a race, you'd lose because I know someone who can read faster than you, right? So it's not about how fast we read. It's about do we catch it? Do we understand it? Do we take time? Do we pray before we read? And do we take time after and say, Lord, help me to understand it. What is it that you're saying to me? How do I apply this to my life? Amen? So we've decided as a church we're going to seek God and all that he has for us. Can I get a good amen? A better Amen. Oh, so it's possible. We'll stick with that one. Option B. Luke 15. 
We're going to go from eight. Jesus is continuing. He's sharing these parables. Uh, for the most part, people are listening in. They're listening to these stories. They're listening to what's going on, and, and they just go, meh. But there are a few people who kind of need to understand this a little bit more. And so it's just one thing after the other. But here he goes. He says, verse 8, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. Notice, first and foremost, that it is how a woman looks, not a man. See, if it was a man looking, it's gone forever. It's gone. I've lost it. I now have nine to contend with. The one is gone, but not a woman. Not a woman. She does not let it go. She's like, pause. I know it's in here, and I will find it, or I will die searching, right? That's why when it's gone, you've lost something at home. You never, ever, 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 ever hear a family say, Dad, I don't know where it is. Because he's going to respond with what we already know. It's gone. It's lost. Save up by another one. Not mom. She knows exactly where it is. She knows exactly. You've got a pair of pants in that bedroom. It's on the floor in the corner. I've told you twice to pick it up. It's in the left-hand pocket underneath your face mask. It's in there. And you're just thinking, how does she know? But she knows, right? She knows. Guys, not so much. We just know it's lost. Verse 9, and when she's found it. Of course. Of course, when she's found it. She calls her friends and her neighbors saying, rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I've lost. Uh, to put it in perspective, uh, th this one you're thinking, man, move along, right? It's one dollar. It's not. It, 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 equates to about, uh, it equates to about a year's worth of savings. This is a big number, right? For most of you, that's still zero. But, but for a lot of people, it's a lot of money, right? If you saved correctly, and you should, 10% of what you're earning and what you're saving is a real big deal. And this lady, she's found it. And like all ladies, it is party time. Let's get everyone together. We're doing tea. We're doing cake. We're getting our nails done. It is on. It is on. If it was a guy, it'd be like, mate, that was close. That was close. Verse 10, likewise, stop, likewise, in the same way. And here's where everybody reads past. Likewise, in the same way, whenever you see this, you've got to hit the pause button immediately. What do you mean likewise? That's when you reverse into Scripture. You go backward. You go, what do you mean? I just read something. What does it mean? Why does it say likewise, in the same way, in the same way, I say to you, this is Jesus, there is joy in the presence of angels over one sinner who repents. Possibly one of my favorite thoughts. If you've been in church with me for a while, you know that I absolutely love this. The thought that heaven would erupt when somebody turns back to Jesus is just fascinating to me. It's very, very cool. And so I titled the, the sermon, Lost and Found. Lost and Found. Have you ever lost something that's important? The kind of thing that... that when it's lost, everything else becomes irrelevant. Like your keys when you're late for work. Ever lost those? Amazing how nothing else matters. Not even your Instagram feed, right? Like it's just when you lose your keys and you're late for work, it is on. It is on. Or your phone charger when you've got 3% or worse, when you've got 
She just texts you. She just sends something. You're going you're to find your phone charge. Nothing else matters. You've got to find the phone charge. Where is it? It was here. I don't know where it is. You never shout, Dad. You shout, Mom, where is it? I don't know where it is. I need to find my phone charger. Maybe it's your bank card, especially if you need coffee. If you've lost it, everything else does not matter. You've got to find it. Maybe a child. Maybe a child. You've lost a child. Maybe some of you are not as concerned, right, with some of them. But certainly there is always that one. I've always wondered if I had kids, would I have a favorite? And I'm honest, I'd probably say yes, right? How about the TV remote? You've lost the TV remote. I'm never going to be able to watch TV again. I'm not, I can't cope. I don't know where it is. You've got to look under every cushion, behind everything, under the couch. Where is the kids? Where's the cat? What has the dog done with it? When you've lost something, nothing else matters if it's important to you. You need to find it now. Nothing else, everything can wait. I'm not interested. I need to find it. What have you lost that matters most to you? What have you lost? I think it's Ozzy Osbourne who said, of all the things I've lost, I missed my mind the most. For the most, most of you, you can relate. Of all the things I've lost, I missed my mind the most. Uh, is that Ozzy Osbourne? Oh, I thought it was M. It's not. It's Ozzy Osbourne. It is? No, it is Ozzy Osbourne. The search in the scripture is real. And really it's talking about the mission of God. Something is lost and it must be found. It must be found. And there is only one mission. Nothing else matters. I must, I must achieve this. So I wanted to share this one point. This is the thing that jumped out to me in the text. My prayer is that you would consider this very carefully, that you would take a moment this evening and just think about, is this important to me? The woman represents God searching, and the coin is every one of us. At some stage in our life, it was every one of us. Maybe you're here this evening, but there's a lot of time, a lot of people out there, and this represents them as well, and he's searching for them, and he's not searching because he's bored. It's not like, it's like, nah, I've, I've got enough, so I've got nine. I'll look for it because I've got nothing else to do. No, this is important. If something matters, you'll do something about it. If something, you've lost something and it matters to you, you'll look for it. You will hunt it down. And he's searching and he's trying to find this thing. And the reason he's trying to find it is because it is valuable. It's not like you've never dropped a peanut and gone into panic mode. Got to find it. Where is it? Where's it gone? No one's ever done that. Drop $100 and we see how quick, man. You'll climb into the drain. You'll do whatever it takes to get that 100 back. Why? Because it matters to you. It's valuable. And the trouble is this. If he doesn't find it, somebody else will. If God doesn't find this, the enemy will. He is after the very same thing. And a lot of the times it's lost because of. And we just think, oh, well, it is what it is. And so the careful search began. Now notice how immediately the woman lit a lamp. She lit a lamp. For you, you turn your, phone on, your torch on, your iPhone, right? But they used to have these things called lamps and lights and things. But now it's like it's on your phone. And, and so she lights a lamp. And immediately when I saw that, I thought, oh, my gosh, she's not going to have a casual look. 
She's going to go into every dark corner, every place that's hidden, every place where the sun ain't shining. I'm going to search. I'm going to seek. I'm going to leave nothing hidden, nothing uncovered. I want light. And the reason is because the light is going to expel the darkness. If it's under there, the light will find it. There is no person who's too far from God. There is no person who's too lost. No person who's in a brothel somewhere. No guy that's on drugs somewhere in a corner, in a gutter. There is nobody that is too far gone for Jesus. He is on a rescue mission. And if he wants that person, and he does, he's going to seek them out. He's going to find them. He's going to look everywhere to find these people. There is no one who is going to go missing. It is impossible that Jesus would walk away. It is impossible. He's not like us. He didn't give up searching. Luke 19.10 says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And sometimes, if I'm honest, I wonder whether your car keys or your phone charger means more to you than people. Than your family. Than the guy or the girl at work. They are lost, and we're worried about our car keys. Is your heart beating the same way when you think about their eternity? Or is your phone charger the thing that kind of grips you, brings the reality together? Because, I mean, heaven forbid I wouldn't be able to scroll one more time. I don't have time in my life. I don't have time. I've asked many people, I've asked young people once, I said, come and line your phones up here on the thing, turn on your screen time for me. Let's see how much time you've wasted, rather than telling me you don't have enough time. I wonder whether we quit too soon or whether we walk away prematurely. And I wonder whether our lack of understanding or revelation about our worth is the reason that we think that those who are lost are worthless. Maybe if we understood who we were in Christ, we would understand how much value they have. Maybe if we could understand that we matter so much that He went to the cross for us, we would have this revelation of, well, if for me, then for others too. Maybe we wouldn't panic so much about what we can't find and realize that 90% of our day is spent around those who we can. As, as believers, sometimes we, we forget that the lost need salvation, and every single one of us needed that too. And if you've given your life to Jesus, you know that it's true. The more you learn about God, the more you realize, I was way gone. And it's week on week. I'd, uh, I wonder sometimes, will I ever get to the fullness of understanding what God has saved me from? And I don't think I could. I don't think I could. I wonder what would have happened if somebody gave up on me. How are we tracking? All believers were once sinners. Every one of those that are lost, every person who's out there, every person who thinks that OMG, this includes Christians. By the way, don't use OMG with me. Every person who says OMG and curses God and I'll never give my life to him. He's this, he's that. You're a disaster. How could you? 
Do you know that they are still valuable to Jesus? They, they think, I hate God. God thinks, I love you. He didn't say, well, mm, I went to the cross for almost everyone. Not them. They're a mess. That's not how he thinks. So check this out. Because we were all lost. And many still need to be found. Ezekiel 34 says this. So this is Old Testament it's a prophecy here. For this says the Lord, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and, I, and, and will deliver them from all places to which they were scattered on a cloud and gloomy day. Notice the darkness, the heaviness, the gloomy. You don't switch the word gloomy and joy in. It doesn't work. You can't trade them out. We've all had those days. You wake up, you just feel like, man, life is heavy. I, I just, just waking up, just getting moving is a challenge. For many of us, we've taken the day off. We just kind of want to self-destruct. Give me Netflix tea and a bar of chocolate. I'm going to survive this. Other people, it's like, man, I'm going to push through. I'm just going to get up, go to work anyway. I'm going to keep going. You know that there's a lot of people who in that moment, they quit on life altogether. They never make the day after. They never, they never recover. And he says, I myself, I'm, I'm going after them. Notice the lost and the found. I'm going after them. I'm going after them. They might be scattered, but I'm going after them. It might be dark out there, but I'm going after them. It might be dangerous. It might seem like there's no hope, that there's no rest, that they're never going to make it, but I'm going after them. There is something. We're supposed to carry the Spirit on the inside of us, and He's pushing at it. He's saying, I'm going after them. Luke 19. Get back to where she said, and when, I, when she found it, she called her friends and her neighbors saying, Rejoice with me, I found. I found it. Rejoice with me. This one piece that I lost, this matters. The part that saddens me the most is this. Many, many Christians are able to stand by and are able to watch somebody often Physically, practically, we can watch somebody give their life to Jesus. Heaven is celebrating. It is erupting. I don't know what's all going on in there, but I know this. They just stop what they're doing. They host because they're in the presence of God. So they know what this, the decision this person's making. They're like, oh my gosh, they're watching the reconciliation. This person's turning from that life, and that's who they get. They pump, they celebrate. They, and the best we've got is a half hearted. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Coffee would be better, but it's good. That's the best we've got is a yay. Mm. A weak version of an applaud. When last did you watch somebody give their life and even walk up to them and congratulate them? You don't know. I'm here for you. Best decision of your life. What can I do to help? What can I do? How, how, can I, how can I help you take your next step? There is always one, how do I help you? What can I do? Man, I, you don't understand how good this is. You're feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm hot, it's sweat. I'm, whew, so this is, no. 
He's called us to rejoice. There should be a rejoicing, a passion. Where is the yes? Yes. No, no, I don't want to make noise because the person next to me is going to think something. Forget what they think. You get to join in with heaven's celebration and worship Him and jump and scream and be with somebody. And the best we've got is, yeah. Come on. Somebody made a decision. They went from eternity in hell to eternity in heaven, from living a life cursed to living a life blessed. They went from not knowing where to go to suddenly having light. They they went from depression to rejoicing. They went from thoughts of suicide to thoughts about their future. They went from being bound by drugs to fighting through to find a way that they can break through, that they can rebuild their families, they can rebuild their life, their relationships. They might have a chance to work again, something's happening and we've got a half-hearted, yay. Where is the passion? Where has the church gone? Why is it that we have to teach people, hey, when somebody gets baptized, when they come out of that water, you celebrate for goodness sake, you jump, you scream, you let that person know. Why? Because when Jesus came out the water, you hear God's voice audible. That's my boy. Now I'm pleased. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. He made a decision in here, but he went public. Before every single person, he made a public declaration. This is who I am. I associate with the death, the burial, but I'm resurrected in the power of a living God. I'm going to do life different. Where is our passion gone? Where is it? Why, why can we no longer say amen? I tell everyone in pre-prayer, you get to pre-prayer, I tell them, you don't have to love what I say. But when you hear a promise of God over your life, say amen for goodness sake. It's for you. It's for you. You say amen, it's yours. So be it. God says, I'm going to bless you. Amen. I don't even wait for somebody to get that out of their mouth. It's not even finished. I'm going to catch it way before they get it out. Don't waste no time. I don't want the sentence to go another way. God's got a plan for you, Andrew, amen. He's got a future, I take it, it's mine. I'm going to show you, it's good, I'll take it. Nervous, but I'll take it. Come on. I know it's uncomfortable, but we should be celebrating. It's time to get some passion back. I want some people to walk in here and go, whoa. I don't take that water, honey, I think it's Red Bull. I think they spiked it. That's what I want them to be saying. Maybe it's time we just need to pause in life and just remember. Forget everybody else. But when last did you stop and think about what God got you through? You know, once you've given your life to Jesus, if nothing else changed, nothing. I'm talking about like you were broke, you're still broke. You were damaged, you're still damaged. You had no future. You didn't feel like you had a future then. You got no future now. I'm talking about worst case scenario. You've given your life to Jesus. You know that you could, don't even need anything else. That is it. Everything else just bonus points. Everything after that is bonus. We should get to the place where we go, man. I, I, do you have any idea where I was going before somebody invited me to church? When I made a decision to give my life to Jesus, do you understand the magnitude of what that changed in my life? I went from death to life in a moment. Luke 15, 
This is Jesus. He's talking about going and finding something. This lost sheep, when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Pause. He lays it on his shoulders, and he's rejoicing. There's this concept that we serve a God who would go hunting for the sheep. I've got to leave the 99 behind and go find this one sheep. Where is Jeffrey? I'm like, where is this guy? We imagine him walking through the night. He finds that sheep. He goes, you, come over here. You know, like when you're a kid, you're like, I've warned you. You grab that sheep by the ear. You twist his ear. What is this for? What is this? Like my mother used to grab my ear. That's why they're so big. And she used to grab my ears, and she'd twist them, and she'd go, what is this? I said, it's my ear, it's my ear. And I was, it's gonna be, I'm trying to convince her, you are going to pull it off, right? Like, you're five foot ten, I'm three foot two. You can't hold my ear up here and think it's going to be okay. What is this? It's my ear, it's my ear. What is it used for listening? So why don't you use it for that thing? What, is it an ornament? No, because I'll rip it off if it's just an ornament. No, 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 I'm going to use it, I'm going to use it. Then after that, it's that thick, have you noticed? And it's beating, we think God's the same way. I'll walk through the middle of the night to find you, you dumb sheep. What are you doing? Everybody back there, now I've got to risk it in the middle of the night. Walk. I'm also scared of spiders and snakes. and things. Now I've got to walk and come find you. Doing what? What are you doing? Wandering off, doing your own thing, getting involved in something. What are you doing? That grass isn't even good for you. Come here. That's the God we think we serve. That when he finds these people, he's going to be mad. He didn't. He risked everything. And when he found that sheep, he's rejoicing. And he picks it up and he puts it on his shoulders. He says, come on, I know you must be tired and you feel lost and you feel like you're going nowhere. And you must have been scared and you must have been nervous. And maybe you were scared of snakes and maybe you were scared of spiders. But I got you now. And he lifts you up and he puts you on his shoulders. He says, come on, I'm going to take you back to safety. I'm going to take you back to where you should be. I'm going to take you back to a place where you can prosper, where you no longer have to be fearful, where you no longer have to panic in the middle of the night on your own. And he's rejoicing. He's not mad. He's rejoicing. Jesus is happy. He's happy. My voice is not happy, but I'm happy. Verse 6. When he comes home, he calls together his friends. Watch, the, watch it all line up. He calls together his friends and his neighbors and he says, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. It was lost and I found it. Verse 7, I'll tell you, in the same way, there it is. Likewise, in the same way. There'll be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. While we were lost, he came to find us. Sometimes we think that this matters, and it does. But we think it's the only thing that matters, and it doesn't. There are some people out there who are very lost, who are very broken. There are some people out there who... Maybe tonight's their last night on earth. I'm talking about people who are so depressed that they have turned to the only thing they have available called medication to the point where they've taken so much it will end them. We're talking about families that are, are so vicious and so violent that they would rather end their life than even continue one more day. We're talking about teenagers who are so confused 
so confused. They don't know what up and down is anymore. They don't know if they're allowed to be a male or if they can only be a female, if they have to kind of accept both. They don't know what's going on. We have got babies that will be aborted today like this. Future gone, destiny gone. The pain that some of these people are going through. They're so gone. They're so lost. And Jesus is after them. Jesus is after them. And he's saying, and when I get them. He invites us, his friends and the neighbor. He says, I'm inviting you. Come on, man. Celebrate with me for goodness sake. This is a joyous occasion. This is the best of the best moment. Everything in heaven stops, like traffic stops, free ice cream stops, like everything stops, even like the naked baby on the cloud, all of that kind of thing stops. Like that, all of that, everything in heaven just stops. It just pauses and it erupts because they know what's happening. And I wonder whether we've just lost the fact that this matters. And so I want to encourage you. He was teaching them something that there is, there is so much to be gained when you watch somebody turn their life around. Maybe you're ready to turn your life around. There is so much to be gained. Maybe you didn't even realize that. Like, wow, I didn't even think it was that big a deal. It is. It's a real big deal. It is a very, very big deal. It's the biggest deal. It's the only thing that matters. And it's the thing that, if I'm honest, like I don't really get that emotional about things. But when someone gives their life to Jesus, that affects me. That's a, that affects me because that is the one thing I kind of just really understand. I know that moment. I know that you feel like I'm hot. I'm sweating. Like, what is it just, is it me? Or is it like, whoa, and my heart is beating. Like, you feel the pull of God. It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I can't comprehend it. But I just know that I know that I know. Today's my day. Right here, right now is my moment. Romans 5.8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I, can I just say to you that there are some people out there that are, they are seriously lost. They feel like there's no hope and no direction, but there is. And his name is Jesus. And God is able to do something amazing in and through their life. And so I want you, just where you are, whether you just bow your heads for a moment. God cares about you. He loves you. In fact, He loves you so deeply that He went to the cross for you. And, and He... He went to the cross when we hated him most. And he didn't do it with any less passion. In fact, believe it or not, your face is what he could see when he was up there. And he looked at you, at your faults, at your failures, at your shortcomings. He watched you in the areas where you think you're not good enough. He saw your pain, your hurt, your confusion, your lack, of, your lack of being able to navigate, your inability to control your emotions, your, your struggle with your friendships, your fighting with your family, your neuron divorce, your, your relationships that were struck. He saw it and he looked at you and he said, oh, this is so worth it.
this is worth it. She's worth it. She's worth all the pain I'm about to go through. She's worth it. He's worth all the suffering as they drive those nails in my hand. As painful as it is, worth it. That's why he was able to say it's done. I'm going to take the punishment they deserve. I'm going to take everything. I'm just going to take it on myself. This moment of pain, of immense pain, for a lifetime of having relationship with my people is worth it. Jesus loves you. Deeply, He loves you. He loves you. There's some people out there that need us and they need you and your story matters. The testimony of what God is doing in and through you matters. And He's got them crossing your path because only you can do, only you can share, only you can help, only you can be that voice of reason. It's, It's on you now. And He's calling us to do, to be His hands and His feet here on earth. He's not calling us to sit back and be casual spectators. He's asking us to get involved and to make a difference. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.